Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Gerald the Boss Man Show, joined by the coach of Elizabeth City State Vikings, Sean Walker. Coach Walker, what's good, man? 
just another day's journey. Glad to be here. Glad to be glad to be seen. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a difficult time in the world right now, so I'm just happy to be uh, be kicking and be alive and be on this side of the turf. I hear that, Coach. Uh, let me just ask you this, man. Uh, when everything went down in March with COVID, Coach, uh, how did you guys handle that for was the staff and your players having to go from being on campus to online and getting guys back home, make sure their grades stayed up high when they was back at home? So talk to us about that process of kind of keeping the guys steady and stable while uh, this pandemic <laughs> raised through the country in March here and still going now. Well, it was a it was a very unique time. I tell you, when I first heard about uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus, I almost took it as a joke. You know, did, did just thinking Corona, and, and then as it began to propel, propel, and propel, you realize we had something serious going on, and 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 then all of a sudden, um, excuse me, all of a sudden it's 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 sending everybody home and go to, go to school virtually, and uh, it just really took a took 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 a a, a toll on, uh, luckily our season was over um, and the CIAA tournament was over, but it just takes a really a toll on your interaction with your players and, um, and, and kind of the uniqueness of everybody being home and going to school online. Uh, so, hey, Zoom started then. I mean, first time I heard about Zoom was, uh, was in March and, and everybody's Zooming then and trying to figure out how uh, uh, to communicate and, and stay socially distant. And, and so I, I, I pretty much would say just like everybody else, we recruited over Zoom, um, FaceTime, uh, uh, media and social media took its, took its course. And, and we tried to stay in tune with our players that way. And we're doing the same thing this semester. And you got to get close to academic advisor because I know that's a key role during this period of time. Having that advisor to lead the guys, look at the, the blackboard and make sure they're doing their assignments and hold them accountable, man. That that, that role really took a very precedent during this pandemic that spring semester and summer right there, Coach, for sure, to get, make sure the guys are on point academically as well. Well, in small schools like ours, we're, uh, the coaches are the academic advisors. All right, wow. so so here, here this semester, I don't have an academic advisor uh, in the athletic department. Um, so that's part of my role and part of my assistant coaches' roles. <clears throat> um, we've even given roles to student assistants and and volunteer assistants in kind of tracking what our players are doing on a day-to-day basis, creating uh, 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 schedules for them to, to to sit down and actually study, even though they're, they're, they're studying from afar. Um, kind of having weekly check-ins, uh, multi-weekly check-ins, <clears throat> uh, trying to make sure that we know what's going on and stay abreast of what's going on with progress reports and assignments being turned in. So you, you think about academic support for a lot of schools that you probably talk to every day, but you're talking to the primary academic support person at Elizabeth City for men's basketball because that's, that becomes our task during this particular time. Most definitely. And you know, when – I can only imagine, Coach, during this time trying to figure out scheduling, raising money for the school, and you know, I'm an HBCU grad myself, Tennessee State, so I know how resources are. HBCU schools are very limited, man, and I can only imagine trying to get games played, playing some to make sure you guys raise money for school because what people don't understand about small schools and HBCUs is that men's basketball, women's basketball, and football generate revenue for everybody else take care of everybody else, and it's very key to raise that money for non-conference games and stuff. That sets people back in multiple ways on staff and beyond. Yeah, well, right now, you know, it's difficult. You talk about scheduling games. We're, do, we're, we're doing so more of, uh, of, 
of canceling games. Um, we don't know what the non-conference schedule is going to be like. It seems like at this point that um, no basketball is going to be played at least until the month of January. Um, the NCAA kind of has workouts on a halt right now. Um, so right now we really don't know what's going to happen with our season. Uh, our focal point really at this point is not even about playing basketball. It's about one, keeping everybody safe. Number two, trying to figure out when we'll be able to have some, some athletic related activity and, and, Probably at the forefront of that is making sure that when we do get an opportunity to play, that everybody's eligible. And so uh, academically, academically, guys being away from, from school, uh, really staying abreast of, of what happens uh, on, on the academic side. And that's very important, Coach, because the main thing is we want to make sure our, our young kids get a degree because that degree can take you so much farther once basketball ends because the boss has bouncing for us all eventually at some point. You, you may get in the coaching like, like you got in coaching or you may get in the, in the business world or get in the media, but the ball has to bounce. You have to fall back on once the ball stops bouncing for good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, Coach, uh, let's talk to, talk to the listeners about the D2 level. Um, tell us the difference between the D2 level and the, and the D1 level. Things for scholarships, uh, how, how much you can work, work guys out, and how much, you know, resources you guys get. Because I feel like people don't understand how at the lower D1 level and D2 level, there's a lot of stuff they don't realize that goes on for us, the finances and the money and the scholarships that differ from the power files or the group of five schools that you see in D1 as well. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, for Division One, I've had an opportunity to coach at almost all levels, NAIA, Division II, um, women, men, <clears throat> Division One. So the, the striking difference for Division One, there's a few. In Division One, there's 13 full scholarships, all right? Um, each Division One university has the maximum allotment of 13 scholarships, not meaning that all schools have those, all right? <clears throat> In Division Two you have 10 full scholarship equivalency, all right? And so that equivalency is a major term because equivalency means you can, you can offer up to the dollar amount of 10 full scholarships, all right? Okay. In Division One, there's 13 scholarships. So in Division Two, I can break my scholarships up and give a guy 3,000 or 4,000 or 10,000 and make 15 guys, put 15 guys in a bubble of 10. All right, and in Division One, there's no such thing as a as as a partial scholarship. So that's one that's one striking difference. Um, I would say number two, obviously budgetary wise, uh, in Division Two, um, we're staying a little closer to the vest. We're not traveling quite as much. Most of our trips are going to be on the bus. Um, we don't have the money games. Uh, we we won't play the ACC schools for big money unless it's uh uh. uh unless those games are exhibition games. And then, of course, in Division One, at the smaller scale for HBCUs, a lot of times they're playing um, a lot of games in the money that, for money early in the year uh, that are worth $80,000, $100,000 for a pop. A pop. Um, and, you know, for the most part, basketball is basketball. There's a, there's a little bit difference in the rules and the regulations, but for the most part, there's a balance in practice times and, and the amount of practice that you can have by the week. Um, the, the NCAA has now kind of balanced us to where after the fourth day of class, you can work um, eight hours a week, just like Division I. Um, we don't really practice during the summertime like Division I's do. They can go to summer school and have full practices 
uh, workouts during the summer. We don't do that. Uh, so the Division II uh, process is more what people would say is student-related. Uh, it's, it's, it's organized and run by the SAC committee, which is the Student Athletic Advisory Committee, okay. uh, and they vote on what the students want. And uh, once those students decide that's what they want, they couple with the NCAA, and we kind of roll that way. So on a smaller scale, it's big-time basketball at Division II. Or big time athletics, I should say, Division Two. Most definitely, and you know, uh, I must tell you, Coach Walker, uh, I feel like you should still be at Grambling, but we we're not gonna go down that path. But I know that was a, you got your opportunity there in year three. You had those guys going. I hate that you didn't get to stay there, but hey, you're back at at, at, at home in Lisbon City. You was there all the coach women and the men. So after that Grambling situation happened, how good was the combat to somewhere you, you know it was home that that you knew that you had a, a roots there and you knew how it all worked, man. And now you're back. Going to your third year once you since you return now. Yeah, that's a great question, man. I, you know, Grandma was good to me while I was there. My time obviously came to an end um, before I thought it would, um, but I'm still appreciative for that opportunity and uh, having a chance to come back to Elizabeth City. I, I'll say first, you know, being out of, of college basketball for a year, it was great to just have an opportunity to be a head coach again. Period. Um, there's a, there's a lot of guys that don't get a chance to to once we lose our jobs, there's a lot of guys don't get a chance to uh, to, to do it again. And so uh, coming back to Elizabeth City, obviously let me know that uh, the time that I was here pre prior to my leaving, um, that that I was well thought of, um, was able to come back to my alma mater again, be closer to home to my parents. Uh, so it was a, it was an awesome it's an awesome opportunity, and I'm trying to make the best out of it, and hopefully make the alumni here at Elizabeth City State. Um, proud once again. I think they're proud to have you, man, because having one of your own is the lead of the programs to make the alumni feel good, the boosters feel good, because, you know, because you actually care and bleed the Viking blue. So you know what it's all about. So so, so having that having that back in the satellites to make everybody happy, I know it made you feel like you're at home once again, and I just like you never left at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Most definitely. Now, Coach, also, man, I want to talk to you about a, a mutual friend of ours, Coach Randy Peel. He, he talks so highly of you, man. I know he recruited you to Campbell. So tell us a story about how you met Coach Peel and what he's meant to you in your career, man, all these years. Well, that's crazy, man. Coach Peel uh, was the first guy that I spoke to in 1989, 1990, whatever, whatever time it was. I remember him calling me, uh, I think it was on a Thursday night. Um, my high school coach told me that he was going to be calling at nine o'clock, and uh, man, at nine o'clock, that was that was during a time we didn't have uh, cell phones then, right? It was it was uh, house phones, and it was still busy signals, and you didn't have call waiting and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I remember him picking the phone up, and he said, "Sean, this is Coach Peel from Campbell University, and you see, I'm not late. It's right at nine o'clock. I, I, I like to be efficient like that, and that has stuck that stuck out in my mind as I've gone." Through, through, through the coaching profession, and even just just remembering him from a, from beginning, because you know what they say is in literature. In literature, we have to look at the scenery, and the scenery is a, a, a dictation of what the end of the story is going to be like. Most and definitely. so when I when I take a look at my first encounter with him and him saying it's nine o'clock, and I'm not late. You see, I'm right on time. To me, looking at him today and noting that we had an interview last week and he was 30 minutes early and making sure that he had everything together and how meticulous he is as a coach. Um, 
the, the, the ending of that story at this point, which is not the ending because our relationships is, is ever flowing, but it just shows me what a tireless worker he is, what, what a diligent worker he is, what an organized type of man he is, what a family man he is, how much he loves to be in the gym, how much he loves basketball, how much he loves people, all right? And so our connection today is about the connection that I have with Coach Peel, and he thought it not robbery to introduce us because he spoke just as highly of you as obviously he spoke to you about me. And that's what networking is about. That's what connectivity is about. And that's what makes me think about uh, Coach Peel, man, when I, when I just, uh, just, just kind of think about our interactions. Um, you know, I've always, always, always thought very highly of him. And, and obviously that, 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 that thought pattern grows on a day-to-day -day basis as we get older. What's great about it is, no, I'm a media guy. Now, I never played for him, but we're, he, he, he's like he treats one of his players. Like, I can call him many time, text him many time, meet up with him many time. We, we just had a relationship, and I'm not even a player for him. So I just, I just know how he was as a recruiter of, like, of guys and being a coach of guys. I watched it with Tennessee State with, high, you know, with young men. So he said the passion for the game of basketball, passion for people, and how he just – Everyone, nobody's a stranger to Coach Peel. Everybody knows him, and he's real with you. He shoots you straight with you always, and, and he definitely has love for everybody. And we definitely can't help you out like he did. Brought us together as well today, which is a great thing, you know. That's the, he, that's he's just uh, just knows everybody in the business. So I'm just, he's just such a great man. He inspired me. Now, I'm a radio guy. He inspires me. So I know he inspired you as a coach and in the profession as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, Coach Walker, man, man, just, man, I know with the pandemic, man, uh, being able to talk to your young men about, you know, the pandemic and also the kills of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, right here in Georgia, Brown Taylor. Um, how have you been able to use this time to teach your young men about the adversity they're going to face as young black men going forward in life? Because check off this, this jersey, you're just a black guy. Like, I'm telling my Hawks gear. I'm a black man. Take off your polo shirt of Elizabeth City. You're just Sean, a black guy. So how do you use this talent to teach your young men about what they have to face going forward once they get out of basketball and, man, get in this real world here and also carry themselves a certain way so they will, will not end up a story or a hashtag? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, man. Number one, let me say to you that I'm dad even first before coach. And so my son is 6'6", uh, and is an athlete and has his own car and kind of moves around and, and, and is a great kid, is a smart kid. But at the end of the day, uh, he is also, you know, a, a young black man um, growing up in this, in, in, this, in, in this tyrant, so to speak. So uh, initially, man, as, as George Floyd's happened and as we kind of paid close attention to the details that we all know about, unfortunately, uh, I didn't speak to my team about it initially. I gave them a chance to kind of process, to kind of listen, to kind of hear, to kind of get engulfed into all the things that were going on. And then after two weeks, I came back and says, let's have a small conversation. And I said, I want you guys to process what you think you're seeing. And I want you guys to take a great look at what your eyes are telling you you're seeing. And now let's come back next week and have a discussion. So now that's three weeks. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times what we have to do is we have to share with our young people and almost thrust them into a situation where they actually have to think. 
all right? It, it's like when you see it and other people are talking about it, it doesn't mean you're really processing it. It's like it kind of running by you, but this is something that you have to, you have to, you have to, 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 to make them really consider what you are seeing and Most hearing. Definitely. And then, and then be able to, to, to internalize and verbalize what it means to you because you are very close of an encounter just like a George Floyd to getting the life sucked out of you in broad daylight. You yes, know what I mean? Is. Like, 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 and one of the, and one of the things I, I say to my guys, it's like, and I say to my son, I'm like, you know, you got to realize even back in the days that, that we knew about the Klan and, and this lynching and all this history that we know of, all those things, bad things that happened to black people then happen at night. Right, mm -hmm. they 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 hung, they hung men at night. They burned crosses in their backyard at night. Most all right, definitely. and this happened in broad daylight with a camera. <laughs> okay, so this tells us where we are in this society, and we have to be able to do everything that we can to to not put ourselves in a predicament. But when those things happen to us, even though we haven't done anything wrong, and when you don't do anything wrong. Hey, you want to be able to live to tell your story. And so, you know, I've said to my son, listen, take your driver's license, put them out uh, on the dashboard, put it out where you can grab it without having to go into, take your registration, grab it, so you don't have to go into the glove compartment, all right? When, turn the lights on, roll the windows down, put your hands on the steering wheel. You, you, you do everything that you can, so when they flash that light in the car, all of your documentation is there. Everything that you need to do is there. And if, in fact, they take you to jail, I can get you out. But I can't wake you up when you go to sleep for the last time. And, and so, you know, live to tell about the story. Just, just be ready to go, be able to go home. And we have those conversations with our young men um, because the world's not fair. I mean, hey, we just talked about what I thought happened to me at Gramlin, and that's nothing. But at 45 years old, I got a real... A, a live uh, understanding that we don't get everything in life we think we deserve, all right? Definitely. And that's not a black or white issue, that's just an issue. And so we need to have a great understanding of exactly where we are, what, what's going on, and then try to maneuver yourself so and, and pray every day that you don't get yourself in one of those situations. And Coach, you know, um, since that happened for me personally, I've been using my show, man, to discuss this issue with, with our listeners. And I was bound with Coach, I've lost four sponsors since I've been discussing these issues, which showed me about those sponsors and where they stand. Uh -huh. Because if you're going to uh -huh. leave me for talking about social issues as, as a black man, you, you, you never had my back. I was all spitting your narrative about the Hawks, the Braves, the Falcons. Y'all good. But when I was talking about my people, what I endure, what we right. endure, you want to leave right. me. So right. I feel like I'm here in Atlanta. Um, the civil rights hub of the South, really, in Alabama, too. Um, we got John Lewis that's passed away, CCT Vivian, Reverend Dr. Reverend Lowry, and Ambassador Andrew Young, all historical figures from Atlanta, Martin Luther King, who were part of the movement. So I felt like I had to use the platform I have for good. I'm 33 right. years old, man. I, I know what time of day it is. Now, you know this, uh, probably you and I, are the first ones in our family to be born free with all our rights from the fair house that voting rights that's like my mom and dad were born in the 60s and 50s they, they, wasn't, they wasn't born for rights but we were so 
I knowing that, I'm going to speak the truth for them and use what the Lord gave me to help others and educate others who are willing to listen. If you change one, you can change more hearts at the same time. So I'm trying to reach one. And they'll tell somebody else, somebody else, hopefully it'll compound that way and we can all get to a point where it's equal for all, not just on paper. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, Coach. And also, man, I talked about this, man. Uh, coaching is in the swag, man. TSU is an OVC, so we, we didn't get to do the full – Black conference experience. So how was it traveling the swag, man? Coaching that conference, man. All the energy of all those ten schools in that conference, man. And also seeing see outside of Blake. We know how he's in Charlotte every year. So let's talk about coaching in a, in a fully HBCU conference. How that experience is for players and as a coach and, and the fans. Yeah, that, man, that, that's a unique question. That's a great question, man. In the swag, um, that the swag is a football comp. So, 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 and, and obviously, I had a, a great opportunity to work at Grambling. And so, Grambling is, 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 is Grambling almost ought to be named Eddie Robinson University, right? It should be, it should be because Eddie Robinson walks that campus every day, all right? Uh, Roger Fobbs is a, is, is a great coach, and, but he's, he's uh, taking over the throne from, from a Eddie Robinson standpoint, and Doug Williams, and all those guys, there'll always be a football coach. I imagine that it's an Eddie Robinson guy. Um, and I don't know how the University of Alabama <clears throat> in Tuscaloosa could be any more dynamic of a football place than Grambling is at Grambling. I mean, on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays before Saturday games, the RVs are out there. They're tailgating on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. Wow. Right? So foot, football-wise, now when I started their basketball there probably wasn't 150 people in the gym. And that was to be included, referees, both of the teams, and the scores table, all right? And it just wasn't a basketball place. Um, and obviously, we, we started to win a little more, be a little bit more competitive. And we, 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 we saw the students come to the games and the people from the outside begin to come to the games. Um, traveling throughout this course of the SWAC, it's kind of like that. The SWAC's not totally committed to a following of basketball, all right? Um, there are some good crowds. Uh, Texas Southern has been a perennial power there. They're not well – games are not necessarily well attended. Um, but Houston also has a bunch of schools that, that play basketball and that, that are well attended. Mm. Uh, but it's a football conference. The CIAA on the, on the flip side of that would be the reciprocal of what I just said. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so in football in the CIAA, it's not going to be as well attended if you take out of consideration homecomings. All right. But basketball games at Elizabeth City, I'm going to play in front of twenty five hundred, three thousand people a night. All right. I'm going to I'm going to do it. All our students are coming to every game because we're the only game in town. All right. And our games are going to be night to night to night. Well, very, very well attended. And then you of course, you're taking all that energy to Charlotte uh, in the past and it would, it would go to Baltimore this year. And then, you, you know, you have the CIAA tournament, which is a, a universal uh, black event, uh, African-American event. Oh, so back in the days when I played, the CIAA tournament ticket was a premium. We were the second largest basketball tournament in the country by virtue of attendance. And the only tournament larger than the CIAA tournament was the ACC. Uh, and so we basically outsold tickets to all the division, big division one conferences, the Big East, uh, the SEC. They didn't have a tournament that was comparable to ours. 
Um, now we've kind of gotten to a point where all the people are on the outside of the tournament and they party all day. And the city is still booming with excitement, but some of those people are not, not making it in the building and there's still a pretty decent crowd. Uh, so um, the two, from the two conferences, uh, both of them are a little bit different, but the excitement there and the culture there is certainly exciting on both sides. And, uh, and I've been really fortunate to be able to, uh, to, to work in both of those leagues. Now, how do you feel about moving to Baltimore? I, I'm kind of sad about that, Coach. I wish to stay in Charlotte because right off the road on I-85, easy to drive up there, man. Baltimore going to be a little bit of a haul to make it up to Baltimore, man. <laughs> a little bit of a haul, man. But how do you feel about moving up to, up to Baltimore City now, up to Maryland now? Well, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we always get to a point that we just want to show up somewhere and try to have a chance to win. Um, so the location really doesn't matter a lot. Now, from an economic standpoint, from a location standpoint, it's going to be much colder in Baltimore than it is in Charlotte. Definitely. And uh, so, you know, I don't think we're going to get a chance to see what Baltimore is going to present to us this year with this, um, with this world health crisis uh, that, we're, that we're dealing with. Um, so, so it remains to be seen. Um, you know, the conference, obviously, I, I, I don't believe, by based upon the things that I'm reading, that Charlotte really wanted us back. Uh, they didn't fight to keep us. Um, and it's, and it's unique because the conference office is in Charlotte. Like we moved everything to Charlotte and now we're moving seemingly out of Charlotte. So uh, I don't know if, if there'll be a plan to go away to come back or whatever it may be. There is a short contract with uh, Baltimore. I do know, I think it's only two years. And so it doesn't look like we're going to be going to Baltimore this year for, for a, um, for, for, for a tournament. So, uh, uh, we'll see how it goes, man. We just hope it goes well and hope Elizabeth City has a chance to win it in Baltimore before, before it leaves. Now, how often do you guys play Morehouse and Clark? Now, I know they're in the, in the SIAC. Uh, so how, uh, how often do you play those teams down down here at the town street from me in AUC? Yeah, we have a, we've, I've been doing my coaching career here at Elizabeth City. I have been and played both of those schools. Um, we, we, we've gone to tournaments at Morehouse um, and, and spent some time there. Uh, but we don't get a chance to play them often. The, the NCAA kind of has Division II set up in regions. So the SIAC is outside of our region for whatever the case may be. Uh, and it's a, just a long trip. So as I talked about long bus rides, we're eight hours away. Um, and it's, it's a long trip to go. We definitely wouldn't go and play one game. We'd have to go and play two games. But uh, we don't get a chance to play. But, hey, my, my good friends from – uh, Clark Atlanta, Myra Blow, who's the uh, associate AD there, is an ECSU grad. Uh, 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 Lynn Dawson, who's the AD at Clark, um, was was here at Elizabeth City State for just a little while while I was here just before I went to Grambling. And, uh, and, and of course, Brewer over at uh, Morehouse is a good friend of mine, too. So we love to collaborate with them and um, get a chance to go to the big city down there where you are. That's what I got for you, Coach, is uh, what's your fondest memories of coming to Atlanta to either recruit or come watch ball, man? Just talk to us about your experience in the city of Atlanta and how often you come down here, how high you love the city, man, because the city definitely lo loves you for sure. I'd love to have you down here some more. Just tell us about how you feel about the ATL in the 404, man. Yeah. Well, Final Four was in Atlanta. Um, uh, I forget the year. Um, that it was 2013 or 12. 12 or 13. Okay. 13. That was one of the best Final Fours uh, that, that I can remember. I thought New Orleans was great, and I thought Atlanta was great. Obviously, it's a lot to do in Atlanta. Um, and so I don't get down there often. Uh, I've, I've spent some time there when my son was playing AAU, uh, coming down there to, to Sewanee, 
uh, to the Sewanee, uh, which is uh, Sewanee uh, uh, Sports Club, which is out there in uh, Dunk Dun- Dunwoody or wherever it is. Dunwoody, yeah, Dunwoody. Right, and then uh, so I've, I've spent some time there. Uh, I, I used to always before. I started wearing custom suits. I used to love to go over to Chattahoochee Valley Road to go to the K&G over there, which is the master of the K&G. Yes, indeed. The right way it is. I don't ever go to Atlanta without stopping through there and going over to Freedman's, uh, Freedman's Shoes, which is across the street, and then uh, D&K uh, suits. Now, of course, I shouldn't be saying that because I don't know if they advertise and they should spend some money because we're giving them free advertising. <laughs> they should. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so I, so, so I, I like going to Atlanta and obviously the food there is really good. When Gladys Knight chicken and waffles was there, that's always that was always a stop that I would make. And there's another spot that I like. Um, uh, man, it's so good. Um, um, man, I can't think of it right now, but but I always make my way down. It's in Midtown. Um, um, it's a really good soul food restaurant. So I love the food there. I love Atlanta. A lot, lot of things to do there. Um, uh, so Atlanta's always, yeah, man, Atlanta's always a lot of fun. Coach Walker, man, I'm glad for your time today. Man, this was fun, man. We'll do this again real soon. And I'll definitely be cheering for your team and keep an eye on you. We'll definitely do this again, have you on the show again. Uh, we'll stay in contact. If you get down the way, man, let me know, man. I'll definitely make time to meet up with you, Coach. Absolutely, man. And what we're going to do is um, – I'm going to flip this. Like I said, we're going to do the reciprocal. And I'm going to contact you once we're done. And I'm going to have you to come on my coach talk so you can talk about your experiences there in Atlanta with the Hawks and your experiences with, with uh, uh, the Falcons and Tennessee State and all that good stuff. And you'll be able to give, me a, uh, give my coaches and guys a lot of insight. So I want to return the favor. And maybe next week we can get you to come on Sean Walker's face, Facebook Live coach talk. I can do that. It's hey, consider it done. I'll be there, coach. I'll be there. (laughs) Appreciate it, folks. It's Sean Walker here on the Boss Man Show. Great job, coach. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? 
Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today yeah, yeah, it's your man JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.